0: Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown.
1: 3-2. That one's
2: drilled to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000.
0: History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have long to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. A swing and a drive to deep right. Away oh, back. Goal. Jason GMB has done it. All
1: right. Episode number 37, the Steven Strasburg episode, and as we've prepped for this, we've realized realistically, the only player of note to ever wear number 37, uh, and I'm still scrolling trying to find one other somewhat kind of decent, oh, Charlie Morton, two years with the Pirates, and end of list. And uh, Vince uh, DiMaggio, throw him another bone. Vince DiMaggio also wore it one year with the Pirates. Pirates number three. Oh, Drew Pomeranz wore it one year with the Giants. Um, and yeah, realistically, nobody of note besides Steven Strasburg has worn number 37. Uh, I'm Tommy Caricelli, real seven Costanza, and Matty P in the building, as always. Brian Shaw wore it one year with the Diamondbacks, and we wore 27 with the Indians, but Brian Shaw doesn't, uh, sit well in the hearts of Indians fans. No. Um. So, gentlemen, how are we doing today? A much more subdued week than usual, uh, than in this off season, I should say. Uh, Seven, how are you doing, man?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Um, definitely a subdued week. It's honestly kind of refreshing not having to hear about sign gate and all that bullshit for you know a few days. But of course, uh, with the Astros making headlines this week again with the new manager, I'm sure it's bound to come up soon.
1: Matty P, how about yourself?
0: Everything's good, man. They still haven't said who didn't vote for Jeter, right? We don't know yet. No, we don't. But, uh, it still does not um, come out. It, it'll
2: it'll come out. I'm confident okay. that All they right, so. have
1: they have the option on the on the ballot um, to put it 14 days. It can become public. So we're probably getting close to that mark. Also, um, just while I'm noting here, I, I kept scrolling. Tyler Skaggs wore it for wore 37 for two years. Um, and then there was Anthony Swarzak, who 37 for one year. Okay. And officially end of list now. Um, but, yeah, we'll see uh, who, who if, if that guy, coward, decides yeah. to make himself known. It has to come um, out
0: at some point. It, typical Fop Doodle, you know, being an asshole. And, you know, he's got another week, maybe. We'll give him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, like I feel like when, when you get into this, and I feel like we saw it a lot this week, just around social media, you just get so many like goober mooches that are just like in there, just trying to find business that might not necessarily be theirs. So, correct. You know it happens, but uh, you know moving around baseball, some some signings this week, nothing really big. Dusty Baker uh f- finds his home in the Astros. I'm I have very call, mixed seven. feelings about that.
2: I, I like that a lot, to be honest. You said I that loved, last week. I, yeah. I
1: love Dusty Baker. I just don't like the Astros. So I'm, I'm like, I want Dusty Baker to succeed, but I don't want him to succeed there.
2: Whew, that is quite the conundrum. It is. Yep. But the th- so here's the thing though, Dusty, ba- like this is what we kind of talked about last week. Dusty Baker is probably the perfect type of manager you could put in that situation right now, and I don't think because I still hate the Astros too, and I don't think this is going to change the league perception from a fan perspective on the Astros because they're still a mendacious bunch of assholes that cheated their way to the top. So no one's forgetting that quick. But the the thing is for the players on that team, this is probably the best news they've gotten all offseason. Um Baker is no nonsense. He is a winning pedigree. Uh if anything, it's probably gonna be more stable moving forward than it was with Hinch anyway. So uh, I think that the Astros players should be happy. As fans, we still look at it as the Astros bad. Everyone else good. Uh, so, I mean, we're very narrow-minded in that approach, and who could blame us?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm excited to see how he does in that clubhouse. I saw a, a joking tweet, and I wish I could remember who it was from. Um, but it was just like, you know, it's it's going to be a, a nice fit for, for Dusty in, in Houston because it's hard to cheat when you don't know how to work a cell phone.
2: <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a pretty good one.
1: <laughs> uh. I mean, we'll see. I, I like Dusty Baker. He, he's an old school guy. Um, I think it's a good because I think they needed this kind of a presence w- at, at coming from all this stuff now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, free agent signings, Nick Castellanos to the Reds. I love this move.
2: Yeah. I, I like the move a lot on paper. It, this is nice. Miller time. Um, <laughs> This is is very much like reminiscent of the Musaka signing to me though. Like they still need a shortstop. Like they're they're going out and getting these bats, which is great for that lineup, but I mean now you have kind of a log jam with the whole outfield. Um, they went and got Akiyama from the Korean baseball league, and he's supposed to come in. I mean, they paid a decent amount of coin for him. Uh, Nick Senzel, they still have a ton of options in that outfield. I know Castellanos is definitely going to start based on what they're paying him, but, I mean, the signing itself is good. He has a, he has an option that kicks in after this year, so um, there's, you know, really no risk to this. I just don't know how you navigate that lineup now if you're the manager, just, like, wh- where do you put all these pieces? Because in my mind, they still need a shortstop. I don't think Freddie Galvis is who I want manning the most important position on the field.
0: I thought I just right. saw
2: that they might be willing to trade nick senzel or they
0: were looking to shop nick senzel and if that's the like what's your game plan if that's the case like isn't he one of your top prospects coming up and like this is his year to get a full season in and you're know, talking about trading him like what's your, what's your game plan here
1: so according to john hayman the reds are considering trading senzel and it's notable as the reds add another outfielder to the fold with the reported signing of nick castiano senzel's coming off sword surgery for a torn labrum and was actually below average as a rookie in 2019, mm. said he I don't was. Like s- it. Heyman says he would still be a major trade chip. It's unclear if the Reds have talked about a specific deal, but the Indians' Francisco Lindor stands out as an obvious fit. Stay tuned, wow. <laughs> and I am willing to drive four hours south and absolutely abandon the Indians if they do this move. So, um,
2: well, the other thing I, I saw too, and. It, it goes back to – I heard this report a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, might have been longer, but Corey Seager from the Dodgers keeps getting thrown around, and he was linked to the Reds as recently as – sometime this month. I could, I can't remember the exact date, but um, I feel like that's a more realistic option for the Reds at this point. I think Seager is cheaper than Lindor by all accounts. Agreed. So if, if the Reds are going to pull the tri- – and Seager is definitely an upgrade on Galvis, but then again, I think – 29 other shortstops in the league are at this point. Um, so I can see the Reds pulling the trigger for Seeger because I think Senzel and maybe one or two other pieces gets that deal done.
1: Senzel and one or two other pieces. Can't say I disagree.
2: I mean, you wouldn't have to mortgage the future just to get Lindor because, I mean, at that point... I would do it if I was Cleveland. All I'd, I'd at least entertain it.
0: Yeah, but you percent. gotta get a you gotta get a package back if you're if you're yeah. You can't. I need of course, I need but you gotta get Senzel. a package of, of prospects and young up and coming. Like Senzel's the main piece probably in the puzzle, and then some prospects absolutely. But you gotta think future.
1: But if I think the the Dodgers, you know, apparently they were looking for a deal with them, and they wanted Gavin Lux and uh what's the other one, Alex oh. Verdugo. Yeah. Um, hmm. and and the Dodgers weren't willing to part with that and. I think you gotta. That's gotta be your baseline of that level of lux and Verdugo, and anybody else that can beat that deal, go ahead and make it. And if they can't, Lindor stays in Cleveland.
2: Yeah, because Lindor is what he he has another year left of arbitration before he's a free agent, right? Correct. So yeah, it's there's no rush. To, to and do you that. Don't, you don't want to give them away. You know? That's the thing. Exactly. Right? It's different with the Red Sox trying to move Mookie right now because Mookie's making, I think, 27 mil in arbitration this year in his last year of arbitration. Uh, he's a free agent next year. The Sox can't afford him by all accounts. They uh, tried, man. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. If you're the Sox, like, yeah, you kind of are pressured to trade him now because you you want to get something back for him. You don't want to yep. just let him walk. Um, yep. And now they're obviously getting more aggressive talking to the Padres and I'm sure the Dodgers are still in, in, in contact, but the Reds and, and I think the Reds match up perfectly with the Dodgers, especially for Seager. If that's the main piece coming back, Senzel's perfect for the Dodgers. They need a, a center fielder and they need a second baseman. Senzel can play both. So, yeah, he, he's raw, but who knows? Maybe a change of scenery makes him above average instead of below average, or maybe just average.
1: I like it. Maddie P, any clothing, saw, clothing, da da, 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 da. Closing thoughts on Nick Castellanos and the Reds? Zero. Zero? Seven? Zero? Zero. All right, moving on. Mitchie Twobags is staying in the socks. Uh, <laughs> Matty P, walk me through your thinking as the resident Red Sox.
0: Uh, why not? One-year deal, bring him in. Cheap money. Um, Chain Bloom now at the helm. He's going to keep keep the, the cost down, I'm sure. Um, but Mookie Betts... I was talking to my friend before the podcast, and he's like, "You know what? I'd pay him." And I'm like, "Dude, you're fucking nuts. You'd pay him." He's like, "Man, I'd pay him the 400 or 420 or whatever he wants." And he's like, "Keeping the face of the franchise in his prime." And I'm I'm thinking the opposite. I'm saying, "You know what? Let him go. Don't pay him." And the reason I'm saying don't pay him is because it's a half a billion almost that for one guy, and that's just insane. You don't have to spend that much to build a fucking winning franchise. That's my point, right? So and I'm sorry to jump off the Mitch two bags, but it was a big like conversation. We we're going back and forth. He won an MVP. He won a world series. He wants to get paid. I would rather take a chance on an up and coming hungry minor leaguer to take over Mookie Betts, who wants to win a championship and wants to win an MVP and become that, that type of known player um, for way less money, right? So that's my take on that. It's a huge topic around Boston right now about Mookie Betts, and everyone loves him, and I love him too, and I wish him the best. But you know what? I think it's insane to pay one player that much money, especially after all he's achieved, and and think that you know your future is going to be based on someone like that. I'd rather pay less, take a chance, and build someone up from from the minors. So man, you and I, me, I wanted need to, I wanted to just you, talk about that real quick.
1: You and me need to switch teams because you would. You would just love what the Dolans are serving up for the Indians fans. <laughs> I'm telling uh, you, man,
0: I don't, I don't, I don't believe in it, you know. Man, that's too much money for one guy.
2: Yeah, but if he uh, gets you more rings, yep. that's that's the thing. If, if that, but, I mean, come on, you know, but that's the thing. You know his talent already. You know what he can deliver. I He's guess one guy a- of a team of. 20 yeah, something People. I mean, but I guess it's a cautionary tale that obviously free agents have flopped after big contracts. I don't want to say flopped, but uh, Robinson Cano is probably a good recent example. You know, had his World Series ring, won a batting title, uh, goes to Seattle, Miller time, goes to Seattle, makes all that money, and I mean, he's still above average, but he was nowhere near what he was. Let doing me ask you sport. this:
0: if, if Mike Trout never wins a World Series for the Angels, was it worth it?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah,
0: it was. Uh, I don't know. Not in Yeah, because nice you, you create you're, you're that playing, generational you're, you're, player. You're playing the game, and you're paying these players to bring a title home. You don't pay uh, that much money for someone not to bring you a title. That's my...
1: And, like, I can understand why where you're coming from, because, like, even you can make the argument most recently with the the Nationals. The Nationals choose not to pay Bryce Harper, Boom. and they go... They go out and they get themselves a title. So, by by recency bias, Matty P., you're winning this argument. Thank you. However, (laughs) you can also say that putting the best players on your team and the guys with the highest values puts you in the best position to win the title and and you're you're not banking on lightning striking to win a title you're banking on i have the best team with the and and the best team gives me the best chance
0: i agree but i just don't think you have to pay one player that much money to win a world series
1: yeah and i can i can definitely that's all i can see your point of view for sure i'm i'm definitely uh i'm in the i'm in the, the the boat of pay the players but I understand the other side of things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, that,
0: and that's why I think the Red Sox are going to move on from Mookie Betts because they're not willing to pay him because I think they can find, with Chain Bloom obviously coming from the Rays, a low you know, salary team, I think he's going to start flipping it around. Um, and again, I know we started this topic off with Mitch Moreland on a one-year contract, which I, I was gonna say, I want, I want to recenter <laughs> to Moreland in a second. I'm, so, but... I'm sorry I totally went off track, but I want to throw good. that off.
1: You're good. Let's recenter it to some Mitchie two though. Seven thoughts on the Moreland signing.
2: I, th- I mean, they kind of had to at this point. Uh, they didn't have another first, an, a- an actual first baseman on that roster. Um, Chavis was playing out of position and Moreland's been with the team for the last couple of years. So you know what you're getting in them and it's a discount signing. I think this is a, this is a classic bloom, you know, raise mentality type of signing, keep you under budget. Um, you know what you're getting, and they call him Mitchie Bags for a reason. He has some good pop left in the bat, so again, the, the lineup is not the issue with the Red Sox. It, it all comes down to their pitching, so I think um, the signing was low risk and probably low reward for being honest, but they, ha- they need to get a first baseman.
1: Am I the only one that loves Mitch Moreland?
2: Yeah, uh, You might be the only one that loves him. I think a lot of <laughs> he's people a fun like player. him.
0: <laughs> he's, a, he's a fun player to root for. He definitely is.
1: Yeah, I was a, I I maybe I don't watch enough Red Sox baseball to to have a true indication, but I feel like he's a consistent bat. He's not gonna tear the world on fire or set the world on fire, but he's gonna be a nice consistent bat that you can count on in that lineup yep. to to give you somewhat steady production. Yeah, and for, for that, that's I mean realistically, that's all I want in a guy.
2: That's a good point.
1: So so for the Red Sox, I love this signing. Um, moving on from Mitchie Two Bags, Steven Souza to the Cubbies. Thoughts? I'll start with you, Maddie P. Uh,
0: uh, I don't know. I feel like the Cubbies are going into that like kind of uh low risk, high reward signing mode, I guess, if you will. Because Souza, I mean, he was look, he was good in Tampa. I had season tickets when he was here. It was a lot of fun to watch. He was cranking the ball at the ballpark, but. He couldn't stay healthy, dude. And that was his problem the past couple of years. So, uh, you know, okay, bring him in. If he can give you a good season like he did when he was in Tampa, that'd be awesome. But, you know, if he can't, then I guess, you know, you move on from him. So, uh, whatever. I'm okay with
1: it. Matty P. Sorry, shit. Seven.
2: <laughs> no, <that's>
1: a... <laughs> Fucking dummy.
2: Double down on Matt's statement here. Um, no, I I think the is – it's weird. The Cubs are – Definitely starting to revert back to conscious of spending too much money. Um, Souza can't last a full season. I don't think he's actually ever played a full season in the majors. Um, He only had...
1: Check the old baseball reference. I'm
2: pretty sure he's never completed a full season, or at least had more than like 400 at-bats. I know last year he only had around 250, I want to say.
1: 371. I'm sorry, no, 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 no. Uh, Last year, he had 241 at-bats, 272 plate appearances. Did play a full season in 2017 of 148 games, 120 in 2016, 110 in 2015. How many home runs did
0: he have in in 17?
1: In 17, in 523 at-bats, he had 30 home runs for 78 RBIs. Yeah, it's
2: not bad. That's pretty good. And I feel like we always hear about Souza being like this power, speed, threat. Um, again, it could just be a situation where injuries have kind of plagued him, but it's a good sign for the Cubs. I, it's not, again, they didn't throw the fucking bank at him. Um, I think this is more a depth signing with the hope that he can get a significant role carved out. Obviously, when they made the signing, it was probably hard to envision them bringing Castellanos back anyway, so... I like it for the Cubs. I think the Cubs are not going to be great next year. Um, So if you can get a few pieces in now on the cheap and see how they blossom, that's great. And all these moves are, I'm sure, being made in mind, knowing that Chris Bryant and a couple others are probably on the trade block still. So um, you can retool on the go. I think this is fine for them.
1: For what it's worth, Baseball Reference has him projecting under 200 plate appearances, under 10 home runs, under 30 RBIs.
2: Wow. That's a, it's a steep uh, drop off from a couple
1: years ago. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that.
2: I don't know if I would put him that low. I think if you can get him, you know, three hundred plus at bats, and maybe they're not regular at bats in the sense that he's a you know a solid starting outfielder, but I think he still hits better than those numbers.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But hey, um, so we've done a lot of talk about the market. I want to let you guys know today's episode is brought to you by the ball street app the ball street trading app is a brand new uh new way to bet on sports it's not even betting because it's free to play but ball street allows players to trade live events as they happen in real time ball street trading is a tournament style prediction market so you start out uh, you start out the day with 100 shares of each team and 1k in virtual currency per team in the market. Think of it like a poker tournament and these are your starting chips. It's up to you then to buy and sell shares during the game to outtrade everyone else in the event. Markets for each team will trade from 0 to 100 based on the win probability. For example, a team with a price of 72 means traders in the market think there's a 72% chance that that team will win the game. As the game progresses, the perception in the market will change. As more traders think a team is playing well, they will buy shares of that team and the price will go up. If traders think a team is playing poorly, they'll sell and push the price lower. With real-time market, you are able to buy and sell at all times. The market's always open and Ball Street has partnered with the Breakdown for their Super Bowl contest. Use referral code code Breakdown and get trading today. Ball Street is always free to play, and you can go download the app in the Apple and Google Play stores today. Again, use referral code Breakdown and dominate the market today like the wolf of Ball Street that you are with the Ball Street trading app. Check it out. I'm not fucking leaving.
2: I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. so you can it's, it's free to play you can win real money prizes which is awesome. It's in it's done in real time and only the players affect the price. again uh, check them out. Ball Street trading app. check it out today use referral code breakdown. All right speaking of the market, there are win, wins and losses overs unders. They came out today, gentlemen. What do you guys think about? Or what's which which teams stood out to you? I'm gonna start with my Indians at 86. I think the over is safe, but not by much.
2: Hmm. I was gonna say the Indians. is I think if you swap the Indians with the White Sox, I feel A little bit more comfortable making a bet either way.
1: The White Sox are 84 and a half. By the way, take that over to the bank.
2: That's what I'm saying. I I think the White Sox are going to be a better team than the Indians this year. Personally, I think the I think 86 wins is probably where you can peg them at. And yeah, there's not much wiggle room for the over, but it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to to scrap in that division. And total, you know, between that and 90 wins, I don't think that's crazy. I think the Twins are going to take a steep decline. And when I say steep, I mean not coming first. Um, I honestly uh, think, I mean
1: I mean steep like they'll be around they're they're over under set at 91. I have them around 84.
2: Yeah, I I think that division is so tough to predict. I honestly think the White Sox are going to win that division. So just based on the offseason they've had and all the young talent coming up, they've had some veteran signings. They're a hungry team. The Twins kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. And, yeah, they had some signings to that rotation to improve their pitching. But I don't know if it improves it that much. I think 91 wins is asking a a lot of this team because teams that rely on their offense like that, uh, it's just tough. I mean, I know the Donaldson signing helps, but 91 wins in that division where it's going to be so – there's so much parity with that, with the the three teams at the top, with the White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians. You can throw the Royals and the Tigers out, but – The other three teams are going to be neck and neck, I feel like.
1: I'm not doubting that the Twins will swing it with the top-level teams in the American League. But I see their pitching falling back to earth pretty, pretty hard.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The hitting is going to be there. I just think when you count on that to outclass pitching, it doesn't always go that way, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why I like the White Sox so much because they've actually made substantial additions to that rotation. So with Keuchel, with some of the young guys coming up, um, Kopic's still coming back from Tommy John. I don't know when he's going to be back, but that's obviously like getting an extra you know, top-talent arm in, into the rotation for free. Um, I just think there's too much potential with the White Sox, and I'm definitely going to hammer that over at
1: 84.5. Matty P., when you're looking at the sheet, what stands out to you?
0: Could you please remind me of the Cleveland Indians over-under number again?
1: 86.
0: I'll take them right at that number, and I'm going to say the White Sox win the division, but no team in that division breaks 100 wins. It'll be under 100 wins. The White Sox will probably get close to 95 to 100, and then Cleveland and Minnesota can battle for second, but I'll put Cleveland right at that number. Um, is too good of a coach, and they're too scrappy of a team to to just totally collapse like Kansas City or Detroit numbers from last year, Um, but People forget that Giolito was in the top six or seven Cy Young discussion for the yeah. AL. So People I think he's it. gonna he's gonna take that next step next year as well and, and possibly be in the top three or four. And Reynaldo Lopez, he hasn't had that great of a career, but he was a number one prospect or a top prospect at one point. And I think I think this might be his third year coming in. I think he's gonna take a big step as well. And that's a deep rotation. So I got them for the division, no one to break a hundred and that's about it. Cleveland will, Cleveland will end up right around 85,
1: 86. So if you if you if if I put a gun to your head and said, take the over, take the under, where would you go?
2: Uh, I'm not betting it.
1: Okay. Even. Well, uh,
2: even with a gun to the head, you got <laughs> right, uh, to... The, gun to the head, shit. just give me the bullet. 80, 86, me the 86, bullet. 86 even,
0: right?
1: Not, not yeah. half? No half, no hook. Under. Under, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, uh, let's move to the AL East, your guys' favorite division, I know. Yeah. So, uh, looking at it, you got Yankees at 102. Ugh.
2: Under, I got to take the under, dude. I, yeah, I,
1: that's one of those things. I'm looking at it, and I go, I, this, this was my thought. 102 seems absurdly high for an over-under.
2: In that division, too, like that's you're asking a lot of that team. I know they won over 100 games last year, but the the addition of Cole alone does not give you an extra, you know, five, six wins. You know, that you have to still compete to get to 100 as it is. In that division, with the Rays and the Red Sox are going to come back strong, I I just don't feel comfortable betting
1: over 100,
2: especially 102.
1: I, I bet they win 100, and even 100 wins. Yeah, I mean... I would take the under. I take the. I would take the under 102, with them. Yeah, Matty P, what are you seeing with that Yankees team?
0: Um, it's it's tough to predict the Yankees team. What's more interesting to me is three of those five teams in the division were in the bottom five of payroll in 2019. In Baltimore, Toronto, and Tampa, one of them made the playoffs. And A lot of times when you see teams bottom of the payroll like Toronto and Baltimore, they're building a young farm system Which I'm a big fan of so I actually expect Toronto to be better than they were last year and to win more games I'll put Boston in the middle of the pack I'm actually gonna put Yankees in the middle of the pack and take Tampa to win the division Which is gonna surprise a lot of people But I really think that that experience from last year and pretty much the same roster. They've got great depth number one farm system in the in the league and um,
1: I got Six the top. of the top 100 prospects. And I'll yeah. put
0: the Yankees just below them probably, and I think Boston's going to be rebuilding here. So, um, yeah, I, I like the Yankees under 102.
1: I like the Yankees under 102. I like the Rays over 90. I agree with you there. I do think the, the Yankees can still hold off the Rays, but I think that both the Yankees under and Rays over will hit. Red Sox are a big question mark to me. I, I wouldn't touch that bet of, of 88 on the mark, or uh, with with the, the mark set at 88. The Blue Jays at 76, and I, I I don't think I would touch that one either. There's just a lot of question marks. I with would, I would right take the over
2: on the Blue Jays at 76. I, I like I, the Blue Jays this
1: yeah. The problem with me for the Blue Jays is they got a nice little core, but you still have to play the Yankees 18 times, the Red Sox 18 times, and the Rays eighteen times. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's not easy. Even Baltimore. Exactly. You know, Baltimore will win some games in there
1: too. That's Baltimore's the thing, numbers at fifty six right now. I like the over there, but not by much.
2: Yeah, I think the the thing with the AL East and it's always going to be three teams that seem to take that jump, but the Blue Jays with everything they've done this off season, um, adding to that rotation, which was definitely their biggest need with Ryu coming in to kind of anchor that. I don't know. I I know they have to play all those teams, to your point, like you said, 18 times each, but division games are different. And for whatever reason, I know the Yankees have always had trouble with the Blue Jays. And it's the same thing with all these teams. They have such familiarity with each other. At the end of the day, it's, I don't, I don't like to use that as an argument to bet against it. I just think it's too unpredictable, and the AL East is so competitive as it is. But 76 wins, I think they're going to hit at least 80 in that division. Because I could see it. They still have the... And the Orioles, yeah, they might be building something that they're still quite a while off from getting to, but I, I think we can pencil the Orioles in as just a punching bag. So I do expect teams to wipe the floor with them um, and all the, all these other teams in that division. So... I think you can at least guarantee a winning record against that team. Yeah, I would say so. And just to reiterate my point, I'm—I don't mean Baltimore is going to be a
0: respectable team, but when you play division games like Baltimore playing Toronto, if they play 18 times, I mean Baltimore will probably win five, six, seven, eight games out of that. You know, so
2: yeah.
1: But yeah, to realistically, to I mean, games. I mean, realistically, you're not going to see a team do like like the only one that stands out to me just because I saw it firsthand last year. The Indians took 17 of 18 against the Tigers last year. You're not going to see that. Right.
0: That's that's great numbers against a division opponent. Like that's
1: Yeah. A All right, AL West. Um I mean, you got Rangers 79 and a half. You got Oak Town at 89 and a half. The Asterisks <laughs> coming in at 94. I like that over and the Angels coming in under. at 86 and a half.
2: I'm taking the Astros under.
1: Really, I
2: see, yeah. and it's not like for, for vindictive purposes. I, I'm really looking at it as this team. I think Baker's a good hire, and we talked about that. The issue that you're still going to have with the Astros, they have had such a tumultuous offseason, and now they have to, they're, they're fighting for their reputation. And when you put all that together with every team essentially hunting for them, it's not going to be a pretty season for them. There's gonna...
1: That's true. I guess I never, I didn't think about it like that. I thought about it in the sense of what you said of they're fighting for their reputation, so they're gonna play. They're gonna try and play the victim, and they're gonna try and play the the, the gritty underdog. Oh, they said we did it because we cheated, but now we're gonna show you we can do it legit. And I, I guess I didn't think that they are gonna get. Every team's best shot every day. Yeah, it's. Not, so I didn't. No I didn't think about it like team. that.
2: Yeah, no. They're they're gonna especially get all the
0: fans' team. shots too, dude. That takes a mental toll on you after a while. But it's going to be in every ballpark they travel to.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. You know? not a doubt about it. And Angels will win
0: that division, and Oakland will get the wild card.
1: Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Um, I like the over. By the way, on Texas's seventy nine and a half. I like half.
0: that a lot too. I'll take that too.
1: Um, Oakland. I like the under eighty nine and a half.
2: I yeah, I'm kind of in that boat too. I think
1: Oakland. I feel, and I'm I'm guilty of this as I just took the under. I feel like they never get any respect.
2: No, but they don't. It's 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 one of those things, and maybe this is the era changes too, because I feel like within the last few years, with the Astros being such a dominant force, um, with you know, now it comes out that they were cheating, but still, Oakland never really has had a fair shake at this division either. I don't think any of these teams have, right? Uh, looking at the Angels as a prime example with them, I mean, obviously, with all their signings this offseason, getting Joe Madden to lead that team, I think Matt's right. I, I can see them winning the division. Um, but it, it just adds that next level of, I guess, parity to the division where the Astros, to what we were saying earlier, every team's going to be hunting them. These division teams must be hungrier than most because they're playing them more often. Uh, they'll have a better chance to actually see what's real in, in Houston and what's not. So I, I like the, I like the A's at I honestly like them at 89 wins so I would probably take the under with the with the half mixed in there. Um, I think they're a, a solid club. they're not quite at the upper echelon of some of these other teams that we've talked about, but they're scrappy so you can't really count them out.
0: They're always scrappy, dude. And I actually, I think they're going to be right around that number two. And the main reason I think they'll be there is their pitching. They yeah. always have great pitching and scrappy hitting. Where I really think Sean Manaya took a step up and is ready to be the ace over there. Mike Fiers leaked the biggest scandal in MLB history, so he's fucking motivated. And then when you throw in guys like A.J. Puck... And, I mean, Daniel Mangden is still young. Jesus Luzardo, these kids are nasty. And Frankie Montes, they have a great pitching staff. And a great pitching staff could take you to a wildcard spot. So I got them right around that number, 289, 90, 91. And I think they'll get in the playoffs.
1: I saw something on Twitter the other day. And it was like, oh, Mike Fires is getting dragged now for snitching. Did something I, – I, did I miss something?
2: No, I think it's just the reaction. Because I saw something, too, but. I think honestly what it comes down to is just everyone starting to look at it and they can take a step back and see what was done to break this story and obviously Fires being the centerpiece here. And But that's the thing. If we can just pivot to Fires real quick, what kind of season do we think he's actually going to have? Because I
1: think he's going to have a tough season.
2: That's what I'm thinking too. I, I like Fires, but he's never been a dominant pitcher to begin with. And now with all this heat on him, and he's going to have to answer these questions all season. Uh, why do you do it? What compelled him to do it? You know, What's the backlash? He's got a lot on his mind, so I think for a pitcher, especially when most of that game is a thinking game anyway, it's got to be tough to regroup and refocus. And Again, he wasn't a Cy Young contender every year anyway, so uh, I don't know, man. I, I think the A's rotation as a whole is going to be fine, but I don't know if I would count on fires to give you a dependable performance every, every time out.
1: Here's a question. Did he betray the Brotherhood?
2: No, I don't. I honestly don't think he did. I, I, I think what it comes down to is a lot of other players now who probably have seen some form of cheating or stealing signs or, or whatever it may be, might feel safer to come out and, and, I guess, nip it in the bud right away. The fact that fires kind of sat on this for a little while and then realized you know what they were doing is wrong because. Seeing the Astros in the World Series and, and competing for AL championships every year, it must have just kind of left a sour taste in his mouth. So I, I respect him more for actually snitching. Not snitching, I don't want to use that word, but I guess exposing the lies and all the bullshit that was going on in Houston. I think players look at him like, all right, like this kind of opens our eyes to the rest of the league now. I think other players would feel compelled to come forward with that news if it's still happening.
0: Yeah, I don't think you could name a pitcher in baseball who has faced the Astros that would be mad at Mike Fires for coming out and saying something like that.
1: I'm not saying necessarily a pitcher, but like other are, are there maybe like old school guys that like might look at Mike Fires in a different light now. I'm sure there's know.
2: definitely some guys like that, like, like Aubrey yeah. Huff. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like high
1: character individuals Plenty like Aubrey Huff. Really, yeah,
2: like <laughs> these guys, I'm sure they have a different spin on this, but. I think with the the majority of respectable uh, major yeah, league players, okay. past and present, probably look at this like this had to come out, and we're glad it did because it exposed an ugly truth. And yeah, it's a, it was a black iron baseball, but they took the necessary steps to to fix it, in my eyes. And I think Fires did a good job, and I commend him for that because me too. It, it takes some balls to fucking come out like that too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah it does. Oh yeah.
2: There's seven
0: All and right. a half billion people in this world. People are gonna disagree with you, but I think majority would would be okay. Yeah.
1: Very true. Alright, moving on. NL Central. Uh Cardinals clock in at eighty-eight and a half. Then the Cubbies at eighty five. Reds at eighty-four. Uh Brew Crew at eighty-three. And who else is in that division? Pirates. Seventy one. Pirates at seventy one, thank you. And I'm taking the under on the pirates to the bank and counting all of my money. Yep.
2: Count all the all those doubloons on that fucking buccaneer ship.
1: Dude, I don't know what pirate ransacked that pirate ship but boy oh boy they're they're counting pennies over there at pnc
2: (laughs) i uh i'm taking the under on the cardinals and i'm taking the over on the reds i am hammering the over on the reds
1: i love the over on the reds at 84 um you want a bold take here yeah under 83 for the brewers
2: see not that bold i was kind of thinking that too i think how about, the Brewers are not that good of a team, man.
0: What about under 90 wins for any team in
1: that division? That's safe. I think that's very safe. I think the I winner think,
2: of that division think, is going to have 89 wins.
1: Yep, I was just about yeah. to say, I think 89 wins that division. Yep. Um, I think 89 wins it, probably 87. It'll probably go 89, 86, 78, 78. Six and like fucking forty-two for the Pirates.
2: <laughs> uh. Jackie Robinson here <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, and what do we go next in the? We're going to NL East. So Braves at ninety-one, Mets at eighty-six and a half, uh, Phillies at eighty-six, um, Marlins at sixty-two, and the Nationals clock in at the highest at. I'm sorry, second highest at ninety and a half. I skipped them. Um, what jumps off the page here?
2: I think the the Phillies at 86 jumps off for me. Um, and I'm, I would probably say they're about an 86-win team. I don't know why everyone seems to be so high on them. Um, and, yeah, I guess Girardi, it's it's a better manager than Kapler. Um, but still, I just feel like Phil, I can't trust Philly, man. They just don't look like they're a cohesive unit. And all these free agency signings. The past couple years, I feel like it's just all flair and no actual substance to that team, if that makes sense. I just, I can't see them actually putting it together and maybe I'm wrong, but I think this division is just too stacked because the Braves are so good. The Mets are going to be better and the Nationals are the defending champs. I just don't see any of these teams really jumping out in front by a great distance.
1: Yeah, I don't see anybody running away with this thing either. Matty P., what are you looking at here?
0: Um, I like Atlanta to win the division, I think. Uh, Washington, again, coming back as the champs. They'll be in the hunt. I think they'll get the wild card again. But you're right, the Mets are going to be a better team. Uh, Philly's weird, man. This comes back to I don't like paying one guy. I mean, you paid Bryce Harper, and now you got all these kind of awkward pieces in place, and – you know, new manager. It's going to be different over there. It's going to be uh, a a couple year uh, project, two three year project. And you know, here we go. You paid them x amount of dollars, and you know, three four years in, you're not even close to competing for a title. So that's part of the reason why I don't like it. Um, so yeah, I like I like Atlanta. I think Washington will be close, and and the Mets will be close as well. But yeah, Philly's, Philly's got work to do.
1: I'm so torn on this whole division right here. It's tough. I like Yeah. I'm a- I think I like the unders on almost all these teams. I don't think the Nationals are are, are going to hit. now.
2: Well, I think they could hit that. That's it's largely the same team.
1: Yeah. But again, did they catch lightning in a bottle last year?
2: That's a good point. I don't know. That's yeah, shit. Now I'm kind of second guessing it. I don't know. Um Losing Rendon definitely hurts. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. They Yeah, and I know Rendon had some timely hits in that World Series, but the thing is, if you look at the the whole of their season, it was based around that pitching rotation. Throw True. The, throw the bullpen out. The bullpen is, is still going to be a problem for them. Um, but that rotation, those top three arms, I don't care who you go up against. If you're throwing Strasburg, Scherzer, and Corbin in a series – you have to
1: That's like your and take two or three. Yep. And then you do have Juan Soto still, and it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. That they'll be a ninety win team. I'll take the over with the Nationals. The Braves, I'm also gonna take the over. I think. I think they've they've done enough to prove to me that they're going for it. Um,
2: I'd probably take the under on the Mets at eighty six and a half. For being honest. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the Mets are going to be around five hundred. They're in eighty-three, I would say. Yeah. Um. Marlins, sixty-two. I kind of like the over
2: for them. I I think I. I don't know why, but
1: I'd have to. I'd have to look at their roster closer. My gut says over, but I think my heart is saying under.
2: Yeah, I. I think they had a couple good signings this offseason for the, for their offense uh, specifically which they needed um, Brian Anderson cannot be your top hitter every year but 62 isn't exactly you know raising a high bar so i like them to go over that i think the nl in general if the, it's 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 tough because a lot of these teams are kind of middle of the pack as it is and that's kind of what it was for most of the year last year aside from the dodgers maybe but I feel like every one of these teams has somewhat of a shot, minus you know some of the the notable ones like Pittsburgh and Colorado and a couple others. But um, I like the Marlins to get a, at least you know sixty five, sixty five ones at least.
1: Yeah, sixty five seems like a good number to me.
2: Yeah, they'll improve from last year.
0: I think they have a decent pitching staff, a lot of young, uh, hungry players who have something to prove. You know, when you got a team like Philadelphia who has to figure it out, Pittsburgh's fi- trying to figure it out. Like you said, seven, Colorado's trying to figure it out. Um, you know, even the Cubs, I think, are going to take a step back. So I think Miami will get a few more wins in there. And, yeah, I like the over as well.
1: All right, let's go all the West and finish it off. Uh, the Dodgers at 98-and-a-half. The uh, Giants at 69. The Padres – nice, by the way. Uh, Padres <laughs> at 82-and-a-half. The Diamondbacks at 83 and a half. And I feel like I'm missing one. The Rockies at 73 and a half. Um, I'm going to run through these quick Dodgers under Giants under. <sighs> this isn't quick. Padres just barely over. Diamondbacks over Rockies over.
2: Hmm. I, I agree with most of that. I think the Padres need to be over. Um, The Padres are are similar to Philly, where their their payroll has just been getting bigger and bigger and bigger, so at some point, you have to put it together, and if they don't do it this year, there's going to be some serious changes to that organization. Um, I like the Padres a lot. I don't think they're going to win this division, but I like them at more than 82 and a half. The Dodgers are still the cream of the crop. I don't think there's any discussion on that. Uh, Arizona got better, but I like them at like 83, 84 wins, so I would take the over, I suppose. And then the Rockies and the Giants, yeah, you can probably take the under on both of those teams.
1: Matty P, uh, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm, I'll agree for the most part. I like Arizona actually to compete for the division with the Dodgers, San Diego real close, so I'll take Arizona over, Dodgers uh, under, and San Diego over. Um, I think those will be the top three, and I think Colorado and San Fran are gonna have a tough year.
1: I like the Gi or not the Giants, the uh, the Diamondbacks to compete. With the Dodgers, but I don't think they will surpass them yet. I think they still got some some climbing to do. But I think they're a heck of a lot closer than anyone else in this division. I do too. (sighs) Oh, you know what? We didn't get to the other teams in the AL Central. We just talked about the Indians, Twins, and White Sox. So we'll finish out the Royals and the Tigers. Tigers at 56.5. Royals at sixty-five. 56 and a half is low, but I don't think, think they're going to hit it. <laughs> that's, gotta, it's that's l- insulting. It's, l- it's low, but I don't think they're going to hit it. <laughs> I don't know,
2: because if they bring up Mize and uh, what's his name, the other righty they have in their system, um, I, I don't know, man. It's 56 is insultingly low. I know they're not a good team. They're uh, they're horrendous, but yeah, I don't know. When I'm If I'm making a bet in my mind right now, I'd like to think that this team can win more than 56 games. So, but again with how how high can they really go? because I think you're looking at 60 as like the absolute ceiling for a team like that.
1: So, yeah, I, I, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. If, if if 60 is the absolute ceiling, do you think they're gonna hit that absolute ceiling?
2: Ah shit, I don't know man. that's that's tough because they were so bad last year too. Yeah. I'll take uh. the under on both. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: I
2: think you could probably take the under- I ruple think
1: I, I think I'm with you there. And boy, that's that's a tough... Tigers fans, just, I'm sorry.
2: That's a tough look. Better, Actually, better you know what,
1: days no, ahead. No, I'm not sorry, because you guys beat the piss out of us, like, almost on the daily for the better half of my teen years. So, it's nice to get a little bit of it back.
2: That's, yeah, see, there you
1: go. So, not sorry, but not sorry. So, thanks for coming um (laughs) and thank you for listening until next time i'm tommy he's maddie p seven was here as well thank you guys for listening hope you guys have a great day where and whenever you're listening and we'll see you next week right here on gap to gap all in my
0: head.